Welcome to the Level Up Lifestyle Podcast from Globe Life Liberty National, where your story meets your success for the lifestyle you've always wanted. We're so glad you're here. We've invited our top performers to share their story and journey to success. So let's check out today's conversation. Mike sits down with agency owner, Susan Crandall. Susan shares her entire journey from the moment her whole world was flipped upside down. I found out that my husband was having an affair. To jumping into the job market for the first time as a single mom. So I got a job, my first job, as a 30-year-old woman. And the moment she made up her mind to grow beyond her struggles. I learned something that was one of the most powerful revelations I've had in my life. All of this coming up next on The Level Up Lifestyle. All right. Well, welcome everyone to the Level Up Lifestyle podcast. I'm your host, Mike Sheets, and we are coming to you from the Globe Life Studios here in McKinney, Texas. With me today, I have a very special guest, Susan Crandall. Susan, you're a successful agency owner with Globe Life Liberty National Division. And you've been with the company for how long? Just celebrated 10 years. Just celebrated 10 yeah. years. So a full 10 years. Lots of success yes. and uh, very excited to have you on the podcast. Thank Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. I'm honored to be here. Very excited to be here. Well, you know, kind of what we like to do here, um, as the name implies, is just the level up lifestyle. Just mm. talking about kind of all these moments in your life where you leveled up, where, you know, you maybe had some some challenges or some adversity. And how did you overcome that? How did you get to where you are today? Right. Yeah. And, um, you know, you're you're just doing a fantastic job. You got a really successful business, multiple locations, uh, you know, and, and just all this awesome things happening in your life and uh, in your business. But it wasn't just an immediate thing. Right. There was a journey. Yes, there was a journey. So let's talk about that. Let's, okay. Let's unpack it. Let's, all right. Let's, uh, let's dig it. into it. So where are you from? I am um, from Columbus, Ohio. Okay. I um, was raised by incredible parents. Um, my dad was a small business owner. Okay. And what kind owned, of business? He owned a pet store. Really? Yes. And I loved it. Did you try up. to like always go there after oh, hours or all, after school? No, all the time. The after school, I'd walk over there. Um, I thought I was really cool because I could get the animals out and other kids would be walking around. And then I'd be like, my dad owns this place. That's yeah. why I can I can do this. <laughs> so so just like a whole bunch of puppies and things like that? Or, it was a know. lot of reptiles. Okay. Yeah. So I'm not scared of snakes and spiders and wow. all that. Like we've had every, I've had chinchillas and birds. Like I've, had, I've owned every animal. So I'm a huge animal, okay. an, an, animal lover. Okay. Um, but so, and then my mom stayed home with us. Okay. Um, my parents did get divorced when I was in sixth grade. And then my brother, he was seven years older than me, mm -hmm. or still is, <laughs> but he's seven years older than me. He stayed with my dad. Um, so okay. it was just me and my mom for a few years gotcha. until she got remarried. So, okay. yeah. Yeah. I grew up and, you know, had a good childhood, um, had, you know, loving parents. And um, but, you know, when you go through a, a divorce at 11 years old, you know, it's it's tough. It's challenging. You know, there's yeah. definitely, I, was, I would say that would be the first the first big adversity, I'm, you know, that I faced um, as a little kid, um, but Just trying to make sense of the whole thing and yeah, everything, yeah, 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 it was it was hard. Um, but my mom got remarried and had my little sister. Okay, yeah, so we're 16 years apart. Wow. Um, my mom got married at 16 and then had my brother at 17, 
and then had my sister at 40. Okay. So there's a huge age gap yeah. between us, but it's like, I was so excited when she was born. Um, and yeah, I, I got married really young, you okay. know, right out of high school. So my mom moved to North Carolina and I stayed in Ohio for a few more years after okay. that. Yeah. Yeah. And so is that how you ended up down in the Carolinas was following family down there or how did you end up? Yeah, no, we, um, uh, so when I was 18, I got married okay. um, because I found out I was having a baby. It wasn't okay. quite the plan after high school, sure. um, but had my son and I was really excited. I always wanted to be a mom. Um, getting married that soon was, it was, you know, it was a lot. I mean, I, we'd only been together five months, got wow. married. So what were and, your plans coming out of high school? Were you thinking college? Are you working yeah. for a little bit or what? Well, I went to a community college okay. for just a very short time and then found out I was having a baby. Gotcha. Um, he had a four-year-old. He was a little older than me, so he was able to, you know, hold the fort down, and I stayed home. I was going to stay stay home with him. Okay. That was the initial plan. Um, and then I, after I had him, I got found out I was pregnant four months later. Okay. So at 20, I had my second child, Mackenzie, and so they were all born in Ohio, and then um, we moved to Arizona for a couple of years, built a house out there in 2003. Okay. Yeah. What was he doing for work as you were moving around? And um, He worked from home. Okay. Um, he was in the financial business, worked, you know, they had an office there in Arizona. Um, and we could really live wherever, um, but his boss moved out that way. So he just, we decided to go and kind of get a new start. And um, we were only out there for a couple of years. And that's when the market got crazy. And we found out that the house that we just built six months before, um, a house on the street sold for $100,000 more. Like wow. the market was going crazy. So I was like, we're not that attached. <laughs> you yeah. know. So we decided um, to head back and, you know, back to the other side of the country. And we could choose wherever we wanted to live. And um, as a kid, I would go to Lake Marion. And mm -hmm. um, I always loved the Carolinas. I'd go fishing with my dad. And so I was like, I want to be in a lake. I want to be, be by a lake. I want to be in South Carolina. So we found Lake Murray. And then we decided to move to, the, to South Carolina. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Just kind of like pick the place on the hey, map. Let's yeah. go. Right. Yeah. And so so you're you're in South Carolina. And, um, you know, then then kind of what happens? Where does, where does your life take you? Um, it, things changed pretty quickly when I got to South Carolina. Um Oh, gosh. They're about to get into it now. Yeah, you guys ready? Right. Like, this is a lot. Um, <laughs> this is life. So um, I got to South Carolina, and about three months after we were there, um, just through a series of events, I found out that my husband was having an affair with a girl um, that was a friend of mine in Arizona. Oh, wow. And it was completely devastating. Um, you know, life was good. You know, when I think about you know, being home with the kids, because I stayed home with the kids. You know, that was like, that was what I was going to do. I, I was living the dream. You know, we built a beautiful home in Arizona. Um, he was making money and I was taking the kids to, to school in the morning and, and, you know, going to Target. And, yeah. you know, he, he took care of most of the... This is kind of, for you, this is the life. This was this the dream. Is, yeah. This was the dream. Yeah. And I, so... Um, didn't think you'd ever have to never, do anything else. Like I never looked behind him. I never wandered or questioned anything. And so for that to hit me, it was, it was very difficult. And, um, through that, you know, there was some forgiveness and, you know, I really got some counsel and tried to work things out. Um, but didn't just a few years later, some of those things started to resurface again and it was time, it was time to, to end that. 
And um, that had to be a hard decision when you're. It was very hard. Yeah. Kind of, you're you're changing your life direction. Yes. So you know, if you think about it, I did not go to school. I never worked, Hmm. and he kind of just. He wasn't the same person, and he was doing his own thing, and sometimes I would get child support, sometimes I wouldn't, and I had to find provision for my kids. And so I got a job, my first job, (laughs) as a 30-year-old woman. (laughs) So, yeah, I was going to say, how long were you a stay-at-home mom, uh, a homemaker, until you had to enter the job market? It was 10 years. 10 years. Yeah, 10 years. So it's all I ever knew. And so I had a, you know— not only did I, you know, my kids were eight, nine, and he, I was still had his daughter with me. She's 14. And um, they're used to me being home, mm-hmm. you know, used to me taking them to school. And and so I got a job um, making $13 an hour working as an assistant to a photographer. And I loved the job. I got to put from God bows on babies and, yeah, you know, it was just sweet. Right. I loved it. I'm very, I was thankful that even someone hired me because my resume was the back of a piece of paper. Right. It just was, there's nothing there. I'm really good at making peanut butter and jelly right. and mac and cheese. And sometimes I put my laundry away most yeah. days, you know. I can pack your uh, lunch. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't very impressive. So, um, you know, it was, it was a good experience, but it was $13 an hour. You know, it wasn't enough. It's tough to make ends meet on that. Yeah. Raising three kids on $13 an hour is impossible. Yeah. So, um, are you, are you living with family? Or are you have your own, I have my own uh, home. Yeah, yeah. My brother helped me get a house. Okay. Um, and he made me pay most of the rent. He took care of some of it because he knew I couldn't, couldn't do it. Gotcha. So um, family's helping you out. Family's helping me. Yep. Yeah. Very grateful for that. And, um, so, I um, then was working, got a job, you know, then I obviously wasn't enough. So I got a second job and I was waitressing. And that was probably that season of my life when I was working full time, then I would have to leave and go to another job. And my kids were coming off the bus and coming home alone, you know, lo- you know, lo- what do they call those? Uh, the yeah, kids? Latchkey, latchkey kids. kids. Yeah. yeah, they're yeah. latchkey kids. And um, that was that was so hard. The, the mom guilt that I had. Sure. Um, just their needs not being met. And it's just it, w- it was very difficult. And then I would I would clean houses, you know, on the weekends, you know, even if it was an extra hundred and fifty dollars a month, at least kept my lights on and gas in my car. But it was it was the most trying time in my life. Because my heart is in my home, and I was never there, and I missed my kids. Yeah. And um, that's really where, you know, sometimes you just have to get sick and tired of being sick and tired before you realize. I, I really was just lost, honestly. I didn't didn't have time to go to school. I didn't have four years, six years, or eight years to go to school. Um, I just didn't. I needed direction. So I just been. That's when I really got into the place where I like God you've got to open something different for me. I need a door to open and um, started seeking and looking for opportunity and started having new conversations with people like, what what can I go do? But I also want, wanted to live with passion. I'm a very passionate person. So if I don't believe in something, I can't get behind it, yeah. you know, and I, I wanted my life to matter. So it was like, I didn't want to clock in and clock out and just do a job, even if it paid well, because I wanted to, you know, live out my purpose. And I just didn't know what that looked like. And so that was five long years. But, you know, at the start of those five years, you made the deliberate choice to change your circumstance, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. you you made the choice to say, hey, this is going to end. Yeah. And I'm going to change everything. Mm -hmm. We're, you know. 
you're going to need help from your family. You're going to change your kids' lives. Yeah. But you made that deliberate choice. Yeah, I did. It, w- it was that just rooted in, a, you know, maybe something just inside of you that like, there's got to be more. This is yeah. not where I want to be. Or what, well, what drove you to was, make that decision? There was just, there's, um, it's something they call, like going through, through counseling, it's called the bottom line. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to have, a, you know, boundaries and, you know, seeing the direction that he was going. And there were some other things going on that I, I won't share on this sure. podcast, but in sure. his life that I knew was going to lead our family in, in a bad direction. Okay. And I wasn't going to go there. I wasn't going to go there with him. You know, there's some legal things going on. I was like, I've got to protect my kids from this. And whatever it takes, this is just, I deserve more. And my kids deserve more. And so, you know, it, there was just a time where I was just like, this enough's enough. And, um, you know, it, I, that, that grace period was up, you mm-hmm. know, I gave it, I gave it a chance and I can say that I gave it all that I got. And that was the biggest thing for me. It was like, you know, whenever I was getting counsel through making this decision and moving forward was, um, do, I don't want to live with any regret. Right. And I knew that I gave it up. Can I say I gave it all that I got? And the answer was yes. And I gave it the time needed. And so, um, you know, I, I didn't know what it was going to look like, but I knew that, you know. Something needed to change. Something needed to change. Yeah. And I knew that God would take care of us. Yeah. And that was about it. And then it was just, in that point, it was like survival mode. And you just jumped into the dark. Yeah. I mean, I, I, used the, I used the analogy of the storm Katrina, yeah. you know, because, you know, when I, that, that was happening, that happened around that time. And I felt like that was my life. You know, I was downstairs cooking eggs in the kitchen and making breakfast one day. And then the very next day, I'm on top of a roof and of a house. house is flooded and, the house yeah. is flooded. And I'm yelling for help from a helicopter. I mean, it was like, this was my life one day and this is what it was the next. And now it was time for me to stand up and figure it out. Wow. Yeah. So five years, you're kind of finding yourself yeah. trying to get your feet back under you. And, I mean, I really and, never really dated that much. So that was right. weird. As sure. a single mom, I'm like, oh, okay. You know, I, I had my high school boyfriend and then my kid's father. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And then now I'm single at 30, you know, years old right. with kids. And I'm like, how do I get out? Like, well, how does this happen? <laughs> like, how right. do I move to this next phase of my life? Um, money was extremely tight and I was literally living paycheck to paycheck. And when we talk about paycheck to paycheck, if I didn't have, I remember me and my oldest daughter got in a fight over $20, like a fight, like a, like a screaming match because our phones were going to get cut off and she was responsible. She was responsible for that $20. And like, I look back on that now, you know, and I'll just go spend $20 at Starbucks and don't even think about it. And I'm like, that's how... Like that's how desperate and like a desperate time. And I'm like, we cannot live like this. Something has got to give. I just really didn't know which direction to go. And I think that, you know, when in my career and you know, that's one of the most fulfilling things for me is that when I'm doing interviews and I'm talking with people is that, you know, this is the opportunity that opened for me that I was able to get out of that. And I, I meet different people that are in that situation where, you know, I'll meet someone that, you know, has a hundred thousand dollar year job and they still know they're worth more and mm-hmm. they've had a great career. And then I'll meet someone and I, I look in the face of, you know, it's actually just happened this past week of someone that's driving an Uber right now. And it's like, I'm looking at her and I'm like, I saw, I see me in there, you know, you have 10 years I've ago. Yeah. yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. And I'm like, I can teach you a couple of things. <laughs> like, just, just I, let me spend some time with you because I, I can relate to everything that she's going through right now. Yeah. So. 
you start looking for a bigger opportunity in your journey. Yeah. What is that? What does that look like? So someone um, that I was dating at the time talked to me about the insurance world. Mm -hmm. Like, talked to me about selling insurance. Like, this is a thing. And I'm like, well, how long do I have to go to school? Because I'm not a student. I'm, I'm, <laughs> because in high school, you know, I was never been a good student. I copied off my, my last time I took a test was in my senior year in high school. And I definitely copied off my neighbor. So like, how long am I have to go to school for this thing? He's like, it's just like a week. You just go study for, actually, I went to uh, this little insurance school in our area. I sat in the front row. I was like, trying to soak all of this information yeah. that was so boring to me. And I was just like, okay, I, I can do this. And I passed it with a 71%. You had yeah. to get a 70. You got a 71%. And um, so when I got my license, I got contracted with a company actually out of Texas and the McKinney, okay. Texas, believe it, out of all places. Um, and not this company. Not this company. <laughs> no, not this company. Um, and they had just, they were all over the country, but they, I didn't have anybody in my area. It was a whole, you know, you had to buy leads and all this stuff. I didn't even have m m leads to buy, by the way. So right. they, I just listened to the words that they said to the people on the leads, and I just went and knocked on doors, like literally knocked on doors at apartment complex. You didn't have money to. I'd have for buy leads. money to yeah. buy a lead, yeah. yeah. So, um, so I literally I went up to this uh, apartment complex once, and I just started knocking on every apartment complex door. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah. I made up my own little script. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's. You know, then I, I started making some money to where I could buy leads. And then I started going into homes and I just, you know, it was weekends, evenings, you know, there was the structure of the company. I didn't have any leadership or direction and just, it just honestly wasn't a good experience. So I was kind of back to the drawing board, you know? Um, so I, I, I was praying and I was back to that. I'm like, okay, God, you know, I put my hand on that. That's not it. And I was driving down the interstate and I saw the sign big sign. So I was literally just looking for signs at this point. Right. And this girl on the billboard, do you know how like they stand, you know, with the, the jacket, like the real estate agents, okay. like, you know what I mean? Yeah. They have that little jacket on, they have the little stance, the, the little headshot. Are you hurting a truck accident, <laughs> truck wreck, call me. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I was like, yeah. and I said something about a real estate agent. I was like, you know what? My mom had her license when she was younger. I was like, I love interior design. I could do that. I love people, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I was like, this is something I could do. So I was back in school again to real estate school this time. And um, got my real estate license, was planning on going that direction. And um, I made one post. I, I, I joke about this often because I went to take my real estate exam only to make this one post on Facebook. Um, God has a funny way of doing things. Um, just to make the post that you're taking Just to test, make the post. Right? No, that I passed. Okay. So I was like, yeah. Columbia, South Carolina's next realtor. You know, I got my pass my exam. I had my little headshot. I was yeah. so proud. And um, I got a message in my inbox from a guy that was trying to recruit me to a different insurance company a year before that I told him I wasn't interested, been there, mm -hmm. done that, you know, not not interested. He said, congratulations, I saw you got your real estate license. Uh, we, I just opened an office in Columbia. Would you like to come make calls for me once a week while you build your real estate business? You know, the side hustler I was, right? right? Just trying to make ends meet. I was like, you know what? I'll go in here, make some calls once a week. Um, you know, this, this may be good. So I came in to the office of a Liberty National office, and that was 10 years ago. As, a, as a caller? As a caller, yes. Making how much an hour? $10 an hour. Yeah. $10 an hour is what So $3 paying. an hour less than what you were making before yes. you had gotten through. But I was a real this. estate agent now, Mike, right. okay? So, <laughs> so I was excited. Oh, yeah. I just got contract with Keller Williams. Obviously, I hadn't sold a house yet. Um, so, you know, but that was the direction I was going, you know, so I, I came into the office and I sat down with him 
and he opened this magazine. Mm-hmm. I sat down with him. He was talking to me. He was like, Susan, you could do so well in this business. He was like, you could make $100,000 a year, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, oh, he said this to me a year ago, you know? Right. And I was like, no, I'm, I was like, I was like, I'm not interested. I was like, I just got my real estate license. Thank you anyway. Appreciate the compliment. He opened this magazine. He said, you see this girl right here? He's like, I know her. You're better than her. And I was like, oh, boy. I was like, this guy's really turned it on. I was like, yeah. thanks, but no thanks. Give me my list of people to call and leave me alone. <laughs> so, I got to make some money. And, yep. Yeah. He was like, you're just as stubborn as you were a year ago when I met you. And I was like, yes, sir, I am. You know, And, and you know, there, there's a lesson in that because um, when I look back on that, you know, a lot of times in life, if we have a bad experience, we relate anything that looks like that, that it's bad. You just close right. that door. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, you're like, no, this looks familiar to me. And it's something completely different. But because you're so closed minded, you didn't even get to see the difference. Mm-hmm. And so just because you, you know, had a bad, you know, experience in marriage doesn't mean that every guy is bad or it doesn't right. mean that every woman is, you know, bad. But some people are like, I don't need a man. I'm never going to get married again. <laughs> you know, I've done that. But you're closing yourself off to so much when you do that. But I was doing that. And um, I came in the office and sat down and started making calls. And I started paying attention to the office. And there was one guy in the office that he was kind of like an odd, odd personality type guy. And um, wasn't the most best, the best looking guy in the office. Right. And he made $3,000 that week. So somebody you wouldn't maybe assumed matches that level no. of income. So again, I didn't How'd realize I didn't realize what they were exactly doing. All I knew is that there was good energy in the room. People seem happy. You know, it was daytime hours. You know, I was like, everything's kind of different here. So I started asking a lot of questions, but that one guy making that three thousand dollars, I'm not gonna lie, that really was it. I was like, if this dude can make three thousand dollars here, I'm like, I don't know right. exactly what they're doing, but I might be able to figure this out. So um I started asking questions and I found out really quickly that Everything that I experienced before with that other insurance company, this, it was different here. Mm-hmm. And I was open. And so um, I asked one of the agents if I could go out with them. And, you know, I loved what I saw. And, um, you know, the rest is history. That's when I stepped, you know, stepped in to the company and said, you know, there, I've seen enough. I believe in this. I can get convicted about this. This is a big thing about me is that my convictions run deep. And, um I knew that this is something that I could feel good about doing every day. And I had the support. I had the leadership around me, people that would be willing to teach me. And that wasn't the case in real estate. Mm -hmm. I was just trying to figure it out. Like I didn't even know where to order business cards before. So um, I love the mentorship. And so um, I got started with the company and he was like, I'm going to, I'm going to figure this thing out. Yeah. So where did this kind of other gear in you come from? Because if you think about, you know, maybe a little bit in your story, you know, your high school and you said you weren't really, you weren't great in school. You know, you're kind of just copy off your neighbor. All right. You know, you're, you're a, a stay-at-home mom for 10 years, you're a homemaker taking care of a family. And, you know, that has its own challenges, obviously. And that's, that's a very difficult yeah. role to mm-hmm. fill in a family. Um, and then all of a sudden you're like this, it seems like this other gear clicks for you. Like mm-hmm. now you're out working odd jobs, trying to make ends meet, looking at a lot of commission-based positions. Like wh- where, what turned that or what pushed you into that next level of, mm-hmm. of thinking and working? And Well, um, the best thing that's ever happened to me is becoming a mother. Yeah. When 
I love my kids so much. Like this is where I might get emotional, but I love my kids so much. And they needed me. They needed me to rise up. Yeah. And, you know, I know there's so many stories, like when you go through that kind of hardship where your whole house is flooded, your life is flooded, it it paralyzes them. They go into a dark room and just stay there and then they lose their mom. And I couldn't do that to them. They needed me to be their hero in the story. And I wasn't going to, I wasn't okay with letting them down. And um, my relationship with God is very, very dear to me. You know, that was a big time in my life. I was 20 years old. Um, I, there's a whole story there, but I gave my life to the Lord and like, um, I, I, I didn't ra- wasn't raised in the church. I would mm-hmm. go once in a while, but I just needed him. Um, after I had both of my kids, I was like, wait a minute, I'm 20 years old. I'm married to a guy I don't really even like. I'm like, what, you know, I don't want to go this path. And I was really broken and I just called out. I called out to God, like, I, I need you to do, I, I need you to come rescue me. And, and it, there was a work that started inside of me. And, um, I just fell in love with, with the Lord. And I was just like, I wanted, I wanted more. Every time I said yes to him, the more and more my life became fulfilled. And he started to, to, to mold me. And then I got to be this mother to my kids. And then life hit us. But that's, that core in me was still the same. The mother that came and picked her kids up from the school and, you know, was there cutting, you know, construction paper out and you know, making brownies with them, that I was still that mother. And just because this happened to us didn't take that away. That's, yeah. that's who I am. But they just needed me to provide. That's the new side of me that I didn't know how to do and I had to figure it out. And I would go to, uh, you know, moral, legal, ethical to do whatever I had to do to provide for them. And I remember one time being in a McDonald's drive-thru and I had a few dollars to my name. And I told my kids that they could both get two things off the dollar menu. And I said, I recommend that you just get two food items because we have drinks at home. And in our area, there was a McDonald's newly built and a Chick-fil-A right across the street. And I remember looking over there at Chick-fil-A and at at one point in our lives, we could just get whatever we wanted, but we weren't there now. And I was like, I just want to get back over to Chick-fil-A and be able to get them whatever they wanted and milkshakes if they wanted it. I was like, I've got, and stopping my gas tank at $10 and having to worry about, you know, going in and paying cash. I just want to put the lever down. Like I, I just need to get back to, you know, where we are, but it's up to me to make it happen now. And what does that look like? And, you know, I, I just trust that God was going to open a door. And, you know, until then, when I was working at the photography studio, I was going to show up the best version of myself. When I was waitressing, I was going to show up the best. And then whatever, and this is where I was not okay. Well, whatever was left of me is what my kids got. And I was like, mm. this is not the order of what I want. I want God first, family second, career third. Like, and right now, this is because I have to work so many hours. I can't keep that order. And so um, when I started praying in that order, I'm like, God, bring this order back in my life. Um, then there was just lessons. There were so many lessons to be learned for me to be able to even step in here yet. Because I mean, I, an entrepreneur, like I never saw myself as having, being a business owner, you know, making a hundred thousand dollars a year, then to make a quarter million dollars a year. Like yeah. that, that was never like, I'm going to go climb this ladder and this is what I want. I just wanted to be a great example to my children and to provide for them. 
and love people well. But I've, I've, I've never lost that. That's always been at the core of who I was. It was just pushing off these, you know, dusting the, the, the dirt, dirt off and like right. keeping going. And I'm um, just trying to keep myself together during the hardship. So it, it, you felt like, you know, maybe there's just got to be more for you and for your family. Yeah. And maybe not sure what it is, mm-hmm. but there's something there that is for you that is going to yeah. get you to where you want to be. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's what it was. So here you are at now you're at Globe Life Liberty National. Right. In your in your story. And um probably like many people, you didn't go out seeking the insurance industry. It kind of found you, you kind of fell into it, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Funny, you know, you're just making some phone calls to yep. make ends meet while you're trying to get your other career going. And then all of a sure. sudden this is the career you decide that you want to go down yeah. the path. So yeah. was it all just, you know, from there pretty much like couple more years and you're an agency owner and away you go. Yeah, no, it wasn't <laughs> quite like that. Um, you know, coming here, there's just a new, there's, um, I've always loved people. So this is, this is one thing that I talk with my team about a lot is that, you know, we have systems in place. We've got the support, we've got the training, we've got videos in the back office and all of that. But I didn't have that when I first came in. And, but what I did have was a bunch of conviction and belief in what we were doing. I lost my dad um, with no life insurance, mm. and um, my children actually lost their dad their senior oh, year in high wow. school. Yeah, they were um, 2017. Um, their dad passed, and he didn't have any life insurance. And um, I saw my aunt battle cancer and be out of work. So believing in what I was doing was always there. Right. So every time that I would talk with my clients, I spoke from a place of passion and heart, even though I didn't have all the scripts and everything down right. Um, and because of that, doors started to open for me because, you know, I, 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 I'm compassionate with people and I actually genuinely care. And so um, because of that, I started to have some success pretty quickly. Um, I did make over $100,000 my first year, wow. which I was so proud of myself. Yeah, um, that's amazing. You know, I, I made $30,000 the year before that. So to go from $30,000 to $108,000 the next year. That was life changing. So how did it? How did that feel to you? How did how did your kids react? Oh my to that gosh, they thought it? we were rich one yeah. day. Like that was so funny because I was they like, just woke up we're and like, going hey, we're to rich. the mall. You know I mean? We're going to Chick Fil A <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah, right? we're going to Chick Fil A <laughs> now. You know, and like they saw me happier. Um, you know, I didn't have to ask my brother for money. Yeah, actually, I had to start paying him back. <laughs> so right. he kept a nice log of everything that you know. So I started paying him back. That felt amazing to be able to pay him back. And, you know, I remember my very first big account that I closed, I made $5,000 a week for six weeks straight. Wow. And I was like, I'm never doing anything else again. You know, like I was like, this is, I I can, I figured this out, you know. And um, then, you know, after being here and kind of, you know, getting my life stable, that's when I realized this is so much bigger. When I came to the first convention, um. And I got to see everybody getting their awards and everything. Where was that convention at? That was in um, New Orleans. Okay. And um, I saw people getting their awards and stuff. I'm like, wait a minute. This place is so much bigger than what I realized. You know, I was like, I've just been in my little office in Columbia, South Carolina. I'm like, this is a big company. And I'm like, these are big numbers. And I'm like, what is going on? And really, like, my eyes were open to what the opportunity really was. But it wasn't even the money that, like, was my motivator. I was like... I want to I want to sit at some of these tables with these people. You know, I want to learn about what how they think and you know, I started to become a student. Like I was a, be I was a student of the business, but you know, having a business mindset. I mean, to go from being a stay-at-home mom 
to get to becoming where I am now as a business owner, you know, influencing a, a team mm-hmm. of people and growth, there had I had to become a student of life, like of 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 business, but not going to college. So I I started to you know ask what people are listening to, and I, I read this book called the um, the morning routine. And it's, it studies, you know, 50 people's, you know, it's very short mm. book, but it's 50 people's morning routine that were successful, whether it be a, like an Olympic athlete or yeah. business owner. And I'm like, what are they doing? Like, what are they doing different? I'm like, they're working the same amount of hours, right? This person over here just made $600,000 this year. I'm like, they're working the same hours that I am, the same system that I'm working. What are they doing different with their day? And what are the, you know, they're offering the same policies. They're still offering, right. you know, the same policies we are. I'm like, what, there's something different that's going on with them. And I'm going to figure it out. Like, I've got to figure out what they're doing different. And that's when the second year of being here with the company, I stepped up into the management role and I started to mentor people and teach them the things that I'd learned over the last year. And that's something I love about this company is it allows you to organically grow you know, you just don't go sit in a classroom and for four years straight and have this piece of paper. And now, you know, you're a business major, yeah, right? right. <laughs> like, yeah. like the things that you're learning on a day-to-day basis, it just, it's, it's preparing you for that next year. And then that year prepares you for the next year. And the more, you know, it's like you have your first kid, right? And you learn a lot right. from that, right? And right. then you have your second and third child. And so, you you know, you're the expert after three kids come along. And the first, the things that bothered you the first year with the, with the first little one doesn't bother you anymore. But... But I think um, it's important because at, at this point, though, when you're first getting started, yeah. this is kind of the the second time you're taking like a deliberate action. Like you took the deliberate action mm-hmm. to change your entire life and go into this difficult, dark place because you knew that there was something better for you, mm-hmm. right? And then now you're here and it, uh, you're in New Orleans, right? Mm-hmm. We're, I, I remember yeah. that convention was at the Waldorf, right? Uh-huh. It was an awesome hotel was. And you're right there in the French Quarter. You know, you could have just enjoyed it and said, hey, you know what? I'm just here to have a good time. I won this trip. Yep. But you're taking a deliberate action mm-hmm. to learn from the people that are there and yes. then in your agency. So, you know, how impactful was making the most of those moments in the career it's in the future everything. for you? It's been everything. You know, I've always been a person that studies people. I love people. You know, um, everyone can teach us something. Mm-hmm. And the su- successful people have patterns. There's certain things that they're doing different that, um, and I, again, being that student, I was hungry. I was hungry for change in my life. You know, sometimes people are desperate and they'll just go do things out of desperation. But I was at a place where, you know, I I knew that wherever I was going to go, I never wanted to start over. I didn't have time to start over. I was now 33 years old. You know, I'm I'm planting my feet into a, a new thing, but if I'm gonna if I'm gonna be here, I'm gonna make the best of it. But my that that version of myself ten years ago, the best version of me was one hundred eight thousand dollars, and you know, just just kind of keeping the house together, right? And then year two, the growth that happened from year one, it just started to come like to compound. And mm-hmm. then, you know, I I started to study successful people and like how do millionaires think? And you know, I started listening to different podcasts because I'm a firm believer and always have been that. What we allow our eyes to see and allow our ears to hear is constantly molding us. There are seeds being sown constantly, and we're not very aware of it. A lot of times, the world's throwing a bunch of stuff at us. We'll have conversations with people, and you know they're they're just takers, right? Yeah. And I just was like started to be very protective of my space because I didn't want to lose what I was experiencing. 
but then being more purposeful about getting around the right people to learn from them. And then I, because I was learning from them and gaining so much that it made me hungry to teach somebody else. So, you know, um, it just, this doesn't happen. You don't come here just because there's a good system in place and that you're now successful. I, I had to train my mind to think different. So how important is it to be deliberate in what you feed your mind? Because I think you made a great point that a lot of people don't even think about this and they're just consuming their, you know, scrolling through social media, they're yeah. watching TikTok, they're, you know, whatever's on TV and they're not thinking about what's going into their mind. Right. So how important is I'm going to be deliberate in what I consume? Extremely. And, you know, there's there's something that, um, you know, because when you're starting to level up and you're having different levels of responsibility and, you know, time management and like protecting that, you know, when you let a few of the wrong people in, you see really quickly why you need to have boundaries. Yeah. Right. Like, so it's just life experience. Um, but, you know, there's there's a, a practice that I've started, you know, a couple of years ago that I realized like I was starting to get burned out, you know, and this kind of goes back to where your question was when I, when I first started. I was I was, you know, really just trying to learn from people. But we neglect ourselves. We don't set our like. We don't set intentions for our day. Like the day just kind of happens to us. Mm -hmm. And I noticed that when I was going through, you know, those five years, like I was just trying to keep my head above the water. But instead it was, you know, now that I could breathe a little bit, now it's like, okay, I have this fresh breath. What am I going to do with it? And, you know, spending time and like taking care of myself. When you're working three jobs and taking care of three kids and you have a dog you know, bills to pay. I mean, I didn't pay my first bill till I was 30. He took care of all the bills, wow. you know, like this. How do is I even do this? this right. is our, yeah. yeah, exactly. Like yeah. I was just, I mean, really just trying to survive. And, you know, I'd had this, this breath of hope and it's like, now I can take care of me again. You know, now I can take care of, of, I can feed myself. And like, and I think that especially as mothers, um, that our wives are, you know, just stretching yourself thin in general, that the last person that we take care of is ourselves, And, you know, we'll take two hours and golf on a Sunday, you know, and just, you know, whatever. I feel like golf takes like five hours, but yeah. whatever. Um, like you go just do one or two things for yourself. But I made it, I made my mind up that I'm going to fill up every morning first before I do anything else. And that was the life changing. Who you want? Yes, to be. and setting yeah. my intentions for the day. Yeah, and why I'm doing what I'm doing, and who I'm going to go be around, and what's the most important thing that I, you know, what are the most important conversations I have today? You know, what am I doing to, you know, help in this area that I'm weak? What resources am I using? Like I would set my intentions first thing in the morning. You know, drinking water, eating good food, making sure that stuff is prepped. Like really, just like filling up before pouring out. And making sure that I'm setting first things first every morning so that my day doesn't pass and that I can maximize my time. Because that's the one thing about life is that we only have so much time and we have to be wise with it. And, you know, when you when you're just surviving, it doesn't really it doesn't matter. Like you're just there's not enough of it ever. Right. And when I made that shift where I had some money to like kind of, you know, I always I'll say this money solves you know, some problems, but, it, you know, it's, it solves money problems, but it doesn't solve all problems, right? right? But I could breathe a little bit. Um, I just started to invest in, you know, myself. And it's 
we a lot often just neglect ourselves because of responsibilities. Did you notice like when you started to make the choice again? Here we are back to you making yeah. a deliberate choice to live intentionally. Yeah. Right. To set your day up the way that you wanted it, to make sure that you consumed what you needed to consume mentally, yeah. spiritually, physically in the morning mm-hmm. to set the tone for the day. Yep. Did you start to see a change in the events that were happening to you? 100%. And how you perceived them and how they were impacting you? Yes, 100%. I learned this principle that I definitely want to share, you know, as I was you know, reflecting on that, the time that we were going to have together, just like some of those like pivotal moments in my life. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you asked me a question we had talked before about like what is it? What is it in me that made me keep going? Right? Yeah. Like, how did you just keep going? What What, what was it about you? Um, I learned something that was the, one of the most powerful revelations I've had in my life, and it was that I'm the decider. I am the decider of how I'm going to handle my emotions what I'm choosing to do with my time. Like when it really hit me that I get to show up the however I want, I get to allow, you know, I heard someone say once that you can only be, you can only be um, offended if you allow it. Yeah. And when I heard that, I'm like, wait a minute, that's so true. Yeah. I only can be offended if I allow it. That's my choice. But I gave so many people so much power for so long. And when I realized that I was like, okay, and so I, I listened to this book called The Millionaire Mindset. Because okay. again, I was studying studying sure. people, right? Sure. And he said, um, you need to show up into every circum every situation you go into and visualize who you want to show up as. Don't take what your last experience was and bring it into your new one. Mm. And that goes from meeting to meeting, day to day, yeah. like In conversation business, to right? conversation. Yeah. Right. And so one day I was in my car um, listening to this podcast or listening to this book on audio. um, And I was having an intense conversation with one of my agents. And um, it wasn't good. It wasn't going very well. It was kind of heated up. And I was going up to my daughter's house to see her. And she had just moved in with her friends. And she was so excited to show me her house. And I see her in the window and she's waving. And I'm I'm, I'm on fire on the phone. And you're in this other world, right? I'm in a whole other world, right? Yeah. And I just listened to this, and so I, I you know, got off the phone, and I literally was going in from one door to the next. And before I went in, I closed my eyes and thought about who McKenzie needs me to be right now. And I realized I did that in my past because, you know, I was heartbroken and I was, you yeah. know, I was stressed, and you know, I had to turn that off and go love my kids because they just needed their mom. Yeah. You know, and you, in that moment, you know, as I was, again, like not, it didn't just, you know, last 10 years I got here and everything's good now, my agency owner, it was, I still have to do that in all my relationships that I had to get off the, McKenzie didn't care that what happened on that phone call, but often we take that emotion with us into the next door and mm-hmm. then it affects that relationship, it affects that moment. And I just decided that I'm not going to let anything that's going on in my life affect the value of my life. My my life matters too much. My relationships matter too much to me to allow one area of life to, to rob me from the rest of yeah. my life. And again, that goes, goes from business to business. That goes from dealing with one agent to another agent. Right. Like it, you can apply that to so many things. I was just going to say like, how key is that to it just to overcoming adversity? 
in, in business, right? When you go and you have something negative happen to you, then you carry that into the next business and then you lose an opportunity yeah, yeah. because of what happened in the past. It's so empowering. Or just the adversity that you've gone through. I mean, yeah. we really haven't gotten into this yet of just your career progression, even here. You know, you see the other challenge, you know, your, your father passed away, mm-hmm. the father of your children passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, you came here to the home office with the intention at one point to, to be an agency owner and mm-hmm. it didn't work out. Yeah. Right. And so that, I'm sure that was a humbling experience. Right. And we've talked about it and, you know, uh, after it. Um, and then you had some challenges with your leadership mm-hmm. in the agency that you were in. Yes. And, you know, kind of through all this adversity, just to be able to not carry that feeling into the next thing. That's got to be big for you and just big, like mm-hmm. big for anyone in general, right? Yeah. I, I, one day I was sitting in my office and I heard just the still quiet voice inside of me. And um, I was experiencing one of the things, right, that right. I was going through. And I heard, why do you call bad things bad? Bad day, it's bad experience, it's mm-hmm. bad. I'm like, because it doesn't feel good. And he was like, I just heard this voice. And it was, stop calling bad things bad because I work all things together for good. Hmm. And he's like, there's lessons in all of it. The reason why you call it bad is because it doesn't feel good. Hmm. And so anytime I start to feel the feeling that's not positive, I always look for the lesson. That's what I choose to do. I'm like, okay, I don't like this feeling. And again, I'm not saying don't ever grieve or don't ever be upset. But growth doesn't feel good either a lot of times, right? Oh, no, for sure. But like, I'm not saying you can, there's not a time to grieve. There's not a time to go through things and you have to take your moments. I'm not saying that. And I'm not being insensitive to that. But, you know, I, when it's all about perspective, you know, I was like, this is a, this is a awful feeling. Well, it's because I love this person, right? Like all the love and the good that I have from it, or this is what happened in this situation. I don't like the outcome of it. This is not good. Where, what am I supposed to learn in this so that I can take it with me? And then when you, if you can look at that, life is so much more enjoyable. And like, and people want to be around people and, and work with you when you're an enjoyable person to be around. But when you let every little thing pull you out the game, then it's, it's a matter of just a couple of days before something else might show up. You know, I'm yeah. not, I'm not just because I'm an agency owner and doing well and growing right now doesn't mean that there's not a trial right around the corner. Sure. I have no idea what's next. So sure. I'm sure there's one thing or another coming, you know, it may not be in it right now, but it's a matter of time. So we're facing something and I've just made the decision that I'm going to love people well and I'm going to learn from the things that don't feel good. I think that perspective is so huge because your growth doesn't feel good, right? You know, people who you know, want to go to the gym and and change their, you know, physical being, that yeah. that is painful, it right? Is. You know, uh, you know, diet and exercise is not easy, right? right? And uh, trying to learn something is not easy. It's no. it's painful, right? No. In, in a and way. you're mad. And you're like, I ate a salad. I don't want to do this. <laughs> I ate a salad and water and I, you know, I ate some fruit for four whole days. Like, why am I not at my weight? Yeah. <laughs> like my, my goal weight. Well, it's been four days. Well, right. well, I gave it all I had for four days. Well, that's not enough time. It's the consistency and showing up. And I use the gym analogy all the time. You know, whenever you go into a fitness, women can definitely relate with this. When you ever go to a fitness center for the first time, you're so excited. It's January 1. Got you, you know, you got your goals out. Yeah, it's packed. Like you got your new clothes. Like I got the, you want to look good by summer. You know, you got six months to really go, go all in. And then you go into the gym and it's intimidating. 
especially if it's your first time in there. You sure. don't know how to use that machine. You're like on your treadmill, you know, look at, trying to look and see how people are moving the weights around. You definitely aren't going over there where the guys are throwing around weights, you know? So you're like, oh, okay, this is a lot. Like, this is a lot to take in. But then if, but if you had a personal trainer there with you and showed you around mm-hmm. and like walked with you a little bit, then it would be less intimidating. And that's what I talk about with this opportunity is you've got your personal trainer. You've got someone there to help you. Yeah, It's less intimidating. But for you to come here, you know, you got to have your form right, right? You've got to have, you got to show up every day. Yeah. And you do not wake up every morning at 6 a.m., 5 a.m. and just feel like going to the gym every day. If you do, you're crazy, okay? Like, it's not yeah. fun. Sometimes you don't, and you got to like tell your feelings to line up with your vision. Feelings, you don't get to feel this right now. Like, you, I know you're tired, self. Okay, you're tired. You don't feel like I could have this conversation with me, you know, in 30 seconds and make a decision not to go. Or I can tell those feelings to line up with what way I want to look this summer, you know, yeah. and what do you want more? Yeah, exactly. It's like, no, I, I, I do that. I'm like, I know feelings. You don't feel like it. Oh, well, get over yourself. Like I, I don't let my feelings rule me anymore. I make a decision and I do it. Not that I never do that. But no one's perfect. We but fall you have into to, that. But you have to have that conversation with yourself you in that be, moment when you don't want to do it. You have to recognize it. There yeah. are conversations that we have with ourselves all the time that we either talk ourselves in or talk ourselves out of stuff all the time. And you have to be careful what those conversations sound like. And if it's not lining up with where you want to go, you've got to set those those thoughts aside. You got to win the battle inside. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It really is a battle of the mind. You know, you, I, I didn't. I, again, in, in our business, you don't. I don't wake up every. You know. Monday morning, like I'm ready to go inspire the team, you know, I I don't have this as natural thing, but I go spend time with myself. I go look at my vision board. I go spend time with God. I get my head right. You know, I I think about each person in my agency and like what they need from me and how I need to show up and, you know, listen to some music to get myself fired up. Like I set that intentionally, set the tone for myself so that I can show up the best version of myself. And you don't have to be an agency owner to do that. That's whatever that looks like, whether you're a mom, whether you're on a, a, a different type of business, you are the decider on who, who you're going to show up as instead of just listening to that voice. Because there is a battle that goes on around us. I think we can all agree that it's easier to do the bad thing than the good thing. That's just what it is, you know. And when you're trying to do good, the temptation comes. There's there's this thing going around that we can't see right. that we have to be careful and be watchful of. And, you know, I've had that mindset for a long time. Um, I just, you know, I wasn't going to let anything or anyone. When I came here and I realized and I saw the vision and saw the of the impact that I can make on people's lives. I'm like, it doesn't matter what who's doing what above me, beside me, you know, the, what everybody else is doing. This is my opportunity and I'm going to keep going no matter what happens because I'm here for me and for my kids and for my calling. And if I could have had a million reasons to give excuses on why I could give up or why I'm not successful or how I could be further. And I just decided that I'm just going to figure it out. If, if I'm not getting what I need, I'm not going to wait on anybody. I'm going to go figure it out. I'm going to make sense of it. And, you know, it was a lot of up and down. I mean, whenever I met with you guys about becoming an agency owner, I thought I was ready. Yeah. I did. I really did. I was like, I'm ready to go. I was I was at this different high. I tapped into this like superpower inside of me. Like I never thought I could do make two hundred thousand dollars a year, you know. And, you know, but there there was still some maturing that needed to happen. It was like and I you I, didn't know it coming into that first I had no idea. encounter. 
No, I thought I was ready yeah. to go. I, we call it the big head syndrome in our office. You know, people start having success and so they're doing really well and they yeah. walk different, you know, and they got it all figured out. I'm like, that's cute. You know, like that's that's <laughs> nice. Um, you know, go through, you know, a little bit more challenge and a little bit more growth because those lessons that you're going to be learning over the next two years will prepare you for that next role. But until then, you might think you're ready, but there's still some work to be done. You know, it, how important is that being patient when you want something to happen? You know, for example, you want to be an agency owner in, at this at this moment and it didn't happen. Mm -hmm. You could have very easily said, well, I don't want to go back and reset. Uh, I'm just going to, you know, I just I guess it's not for me or, you know, but again, you keep going back to this perspective that you have and how you make things happen. How important is being patient and waiting you know, through that opportunity and taking those growth moments versus yeah. casting blame or, you know, being upset about something. I wouldn't necessarily use the word patient. I wouldn't okay. say like patience has always been my strongest okay. suit. It's it's where do I need to adjust? OK. You know, like, OK, all right, this isn't here. What do I need to do different? And, you know, um, going back to that time, like, like, what do I need to be more intentional about? Like, what what needs to be developed? And just constantly looking at how to improve myself. But instead of just saying, well, I guess I'm not there and, you know, whatever. It's what can I? So then you're saying, what can I yeah. do to get there? Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't, again, and this is no disrespect to home office or anything, but I'm like, okay. Home office didn't, this door didn't open right now and a home office didn't approve it, but that doesn't mean that I can't have it. You yeah. know, some people might look at that as like arrogant or stubborn or whatever, but I'm like, no, I know what's right here and I know what I'm capable of. And I know that if I just stay the course, because I wouldn't have been where I was that day when I met you, if I just didn't keep staying the course, I'm right. like, I'm just going to stay the course. I'm just going to show up again. I'm just going to show up again and I'm just going to show up a better version of myself again next year. And, you know, um, that it, it played, it worked out. Yeah. As hindsight <laughs> it worked being out. Yeah, right? exactly. Isn't it amazing. Yeah. yeah. But I wouldn't even say that there was just like other, it's, it's really honestly simple. It, it, it was, I'm not going to stop. I'm just not going to stop. And it wasn't until I become agency owner, honestly, like it, I, I, the thing I love about this business is that you can do very, 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 very well financially and have a great life as an agent. You can have equally have a great life as an agency owner. You could come work for a co corporate office one day. Like there's so many different ways that you can live the best version of yourself. I yeah. just wanted to be in the center of where God wanted me. You know, whatever mm. that role looked like. It yeah. didn't matter the title. I just wanted to be the, I wanted to be a vessel. Like to and use my gifts, my God-given gifts to the greatest ability. And it happened to be agency owner at the right time. Yeah. And even as an agency owner of the past five years, the growth like I feel more, I feel like I know who I am more than I ever have. And I hope I feel like I can say that 10 times over five years from now. Sure. What's motivating you today as an agency owner? You know, it's completely different. You know, for a long time, it was get the bills paid, you know, help my daughter get married, <laughs> yeah. you know, like help my you know, son, son get yeah. to it through school. You yeah. know, it was very much about the kids. Where now, you know, it's about the people. And that's mm. where it's been so fun for me right now. Like, they, I think that if, you know, so I've seen, you know, people said recently, like, I'm glowing, you know, I'm like, yeah, because I'm doing exactly what my heart's desire was day one. I just happen to have a ton of responsibility outside of work Yeah, that made it less fun because I was so stretched. Yeah. Um, where now, you know, my kids are great. They're, 
they're doing amazing. I have a new grandbaby, which is like, that's enough to make me glow alone. Um, but now I, I get to dive in with my people and help them come up higher. And I just get to invest in them. And that's what I've always wanted to do. See, that's where it's the most valuable part. That's the 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 fun part. Yeah. Yeah. Do you see little parts of your life and your people? And oh, say, yeah. Oh, I know where you are and let me help 100%, you. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yeah. We just promoted a girl in our office to SA on Monday and um, she has two little kids, was staying home, had a failing online boutique, planning on c- coming in and just working a couple of days a week. Uh, she came in her first year. She'll end at $150,000 wow. this year, 28 wow. years old. Um, life changing. Brought her husband home from work. Yeah. He was up um, working at FedEx. He retired early. He's now home with the kids. And now she's stepping up into management to watching her like blossom like that and her kind of coming in like, I'm just looking for part time. You know, we're in this, this situation. And I was like, just just get close with me for a minute. Yeah. Like, let me let me have some conversations with you. We're gonna figure this thing out. Yeah. And it's been one full year this this upcoming month that she's been here and her life has been completely changed. Yeah, I was gonna say, yeah. I mean, you you change your life with this opportunity, and now you're changing other people's lives. So it's that's, that's pretty cool. The best. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for taking the time out to share your story and kind of talk about, me. you know, yeah. everything that's made you who you are. Right. Yeah. It's it's yeah. fun to it's fun to hear it, and I, I hope that uh, our listeners were able to clean some things out of that. I'm sure that they can use in their so. life. So, one of the traditions that we have. Oh goodness. Oh yeah. On the uh, on the level up lifestyle podcast mm-hmm. is um, all of our guests get a bobblehead of themselves. Oh, we do. Yeah. Um, fun. It, so it's it's pretty cool. Unfortunately, um, your bobblehead is stuck on a container ship somewhere off the coast of California. Oh, I think, no. right? It's not going to be here for a few more days. Okay. Um, just supply chain issues okay. and, and all that. So, um, and then we're going to have a screenshot that we'll pull up here real quick. So, for the people that are watching <laughs> Tuning this. Tuning in right now. You're going to see yeah, it before I do. Absolutely. They're going to see it way before you do. Um, I saw the proof. It's a great bobblehead. Okay, so, okay, you know, okay. I, I don't look know. look like me? Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah I, I don't know if you ever, one of your goals in life was to have a bobblehead yeah, of yourself. I, the, but I can check that off the list. Yeah. yeah. It, is, it is a bucket list item <laughs> yes. for sure. So, um, we'll, uh, we'll get you your bobblehead okay. um, and uh, you can proudly display that in your office Can't wait. as That's a awesome. token of being on the <laughs> on the podcast. But kind of just the last question is, you know, if you're to, to look at yourself back when you were kind of going through what you were going through in kind of those dark moments, what would you tell yourself based on what you know now back then? You're stronger than you know. Hmm. You're stronger than you know. Because I I didn't know that I would be this woman today. Yeah. I didn't know I was capable. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, here you are. Right? Yeah. So, again, thank you so much. You appreciate your time. Thank you. And uh, we will talk to everyone later. All right. All right. See you guys. Bye. Thanks for joining us today. We hope this episode has inspired you on your path to success. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next story. See you soon on the Level Up Lifestyle Podcast.